When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. It is a very special half evening tonight. It is our one-year anniversary when me and Mark are two, when there was a lot more alcohol involved and a lot less scheduling, started this podcast last November, around the second week. Um, it is also our 69th episode, Kevin. Nice. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I'm joined by the full crew today. Savannah and Kevin are both here. Crazy Monday football game last night. Also, breaking news, by the way, uh, the, the Savannah's going to love this. The Packers, this was announced like a half hour ago, the Packers and Niners game week 12 has been flexed to Monday Night Football, and the NFL did Philly a huge solid. They flexed Seattle-Philly to 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's making me lick my, that's making me lick my chops a little bit. That's going to be a good, a good one now. <laughs> so, Savannah, thank you to your Packers for being relevant because they just got my Eagles a, uh, a home field advantage. Even more so. Um, so. Yeah, we'll kick it off. Kevin, local newsman Kevin Langley with some quick headlines. Let's go, Kev. Not that local. We're going to go up north for this one. Don Cherry was fired from Sportsnet this week after going on a an anti-immigrant tirade during a broadcast. It was all about the um, the flowers that they hand out for veterans or whatever. And it just it was in really bad taste. And I and I'm not usually one person a person who really gets offended by much at all. But like well, I I heard the right I actually went because our um our good pal KJ wrote a whole article about it. And I mean the the growing trend I've learned about Don Cherry and I'm I'm you know I'm pretty much an outsider when it comes to hockey. But like the growing trend I've learned about Cherry is he's past his time. He should have been he should have followed the John Madden example. And rode out on a silver horse because whether it's the these guys are jerks t-shirts that Detroit wears or, um, you know, now this thing where he gets fired, it's just not a good look. And now it's going to have a little racial component to it, anti-immigration component, whatever. And I don't know, it's just, it's just not a good look for Don Cherry. And, he, you know, he's a broadcast legend. He kind of screwed his legacy a little bit now because he went on a bad note. People on Twitter are arguing, like, you can't fire him. He's so important to the game and what he's done for broadcasting Canada. Two things. He, this latest issue with the anti-immigration thing could have hurt hockey because it would have – like, first-generation Canadian kids who grew up loving hockey will hear that and not want to play anymore. And another thing, and I said this on Twitter, yes, in the past, Don Cherry was important to the game. However – the Model T was important to the automobile oh, industry. Shit. You don't see me driving one to work every day. 
He drives a he drives a he drives a truck, and Kevin's a short man, so the jokes keep coming. It's not that big. It's, it's I, 2019 Ranger. Kevin drives a Kevin drives the him of pickup trucks. But no, I, like yes, you can say someone is important, but that does not mean you should keep them around forever. Oh, totally true. That's why I like. At a certain point, they're gonna send Chris Collinsworth packing, Al Michaels. Jim Nance, like it happens in American sports all the time. Dick Vitale eventually, <clears throat> even though I swear to God, he's like made a deal with the devil for the fountain of youth. But basically, every broadcaster eventually goes, but most of them go on their own time. This is unfortunately one of those times where it doesn't happen, I guess. I don't think it's unfortunate. I think it's I mean, I, I, I wasn't saying it was unfortunate. I'm just saying unfortunate for the sport of hockey. Yeah, but like when Lee Corso goes, that will be sad, but it will be it will be time. But he's not going after a anti-immigration rant on national TV. Yeah. All right. What's next on the docket? MLB is announcing their award winners tonight. Jordan Alvarez for the Houston Astros won AL Rookie of the Year. And Pete the Polar Bear Alonzo won NL Rookie of the Year for the New York Mets. Yeah, at least a little bright spot for the Mets and the Astros. You know, they just keep building their farm system up. Let's talk, though, about two teams on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. One team has lost the World Series. One team probably will never make it to another World Series. Oh, I got to love it. I got to <laughs> love the Mets. <coughs> they are just a comedic skit as a team. They are the Cleveland Browns of baseball. You know, I'm all, I'm pretty much right on that. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, thanks to local newsman Kevin Langley. All right, folks, we had a great Monday football game last night. I mean incredible. We had a scoop and score by a superstar. We had a, you know, a sh like a, it wasn't like a shootout, but it was there was enough points where you'd be happy with it. We had overtime. We had missed field goals. We had interceptions. We had fumbles. We had you know, crazy catches and, you know, vintage Russell Wilson. Um, Seahawks won. They knocked off San Francisco, uh, who is now 8-1. Uh, and one. Savannah's favorite fan base, the San Francisco 49ers, are probably all crying today. Um, a couple things I noticed quick, and I'll, let you guys, I'll bring you guys in for this. Um, first off, I loved seeing Josh Gordon get involved, making two very, very big catches. For the um, Seattle Seahawks going on the stretch, uh, two. Um, Jimmy G was not that impressed to me. Impressive to me. I was wa I watched. You know, I watched probably the end of the whole fourth quarter. Completely watched the entire all of overtime, and I just I was watching him. I'm just like, he airmailed a ball. He had Debo Samuel over Shaquem Griffin, and he underthrew the ball. Honestly, on, on a throw like that, you just overthrow him if you can't hit the throw. Um, a couple other balls he's airmailed with pressure in his face. And also, last thing, we saw a reemergence of Jadavian Clowney last night. The dude, like, was playing like it was 2000, 2015 the other day, I mean, last night, because dude was dominating Joe Staley the entire game. He was in, um, he was in Garoppolo's face. And last but not least, I feel so bad for the Niners replacement kicker. That poor kid just airmailed the game winner. Yikes. What y'all think? 
I thought you said Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look that impressive. I think it's surprising that on the stat sheet, he basically played Russell Wilson to a draw solely on the stat sheet. Which which is why numbers lie. Yeah, in which there's another reason, though, why I think in probably his worst performance of the year, Russell Wilson locked up the MVP already in week 10 because looking at his stats, he didn't play well. 24 for 34 for 232 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But he still had a huge impact on this game and led his team to a win. <coughs> oh, exactly. And you know what the crazy thing was? Like, it wasn't even like, yeah, Garoppolo's like stats were very similar. But you had it was the little things like he would airmail open passes. There were a couple of balls he would. It was just like, where are you? His decision making wasn't great. I mean, in a Kyle Shanahan offense, even the most mediocre quarterback can still put up decent numbers. But at the same time, I'm sitting there looking at this at the game, and I'm like, the Niners are the Niners are only going as far as that defense and that offensive system can take them, because Garoppolo is he's in that I don't even know if I can put Dak Prescott in this category anymore because he's had so many good games, and I'll admit that right now. But like he's in that Alex Smith kind of category where like yes, he can beat you. If you're an okay to bad team, but he's not going to like, I don't fear Garoppolo. Like if Philadelphia played San Fran in the playoffs, I'd be like, all right, I fear Bosa. I fear Buckner. I fear Sherman. And I fear getting burnt over the top by Marquise Goodwin and Sanders. And, you know, of course, George Kittle, but basically in that zone run scheme, but basically Garoppolo is not even on that list. And I'm like, all right, I'll make Jimmy G throw into tight coverages. And they're going to be a couple picks. So, and also, Joe Staley just looked lost last night. So, I know it was his first game back, but yeesh. Um, I don't know. I just, Savannah, what did you think about this? Jimmy G definitely showed, like, obviously, I know he's not his ro- a rookie, but, like, his rookiness when it comes to, like, two-minute draws because both times he didn't look good. He almost threw interceptions. Um, he the Seahawks defense, like, I came in thinking that this was going to be Russell Wilson against the uh, 49ers defense. And honestly, the Seattle defense, like, really stepped up. I know uh, San Francisco's defense also looked good, but everyone expected that. Uh, the game was a thriller, and I kind of have to put some respect on the 49ers name now. But, yeah, Jimmy, D- Jimmy G doesn't scare me. He isn't ready for those type of games that like Russell Wilson, like I know he threw an interception, but, and also I don't, I mean, I feel bad for that kicker, but the 49ers had another chance to put it away. They missed the kick and then Seattle had like a three and out and had to punt. And then 49ers got the ball back. And they moved it like what, six yards and they had the punt again. It was was insane. Right, exactly. So it's just like, yeah, I feel bad for the kicker, but the 49ers can't be like if they're going to blame him or if fans are going to blame him. Like that would be ridiculous because they had another chance to march down the field and put away the game, but they couldn't move the ball. I and, mean, you know, like um, Emmanuel Sanders was out. Like he left the game and it definitely changed the swing of things. Like you could tell. Well, you know, so and that maybe shows like the fabric of a team. Generally teams don't like – in bigger games, don't, like, shake off the loss of a, a, a skill position unless he's, like, beholden to their offense. I think last night it was just so written down that Seattle was going to win. It just felt like this was the game that Seattle, that Sanford may, may well go 15-1. to 
that's a death sentence for them in the playoffs, as um, every 15-1 team this decade has figured out. But I think that, in all honesty, I don't know. I just – the Niners, this was that game. I feel like, it, you know, it was so – Monday Night Football, it's – it's in – I get it was in Candlestick. Well, it was in Seattle or Candlestick? It's in it Seattle, was- right? Levi, uh, Levi Stadium in San Francisco. Oh, it was in Kansas. Like, all right, well, it's going to be interesting now because i got to go to um, SoFi in about, what, a couple of, four or five weeks. So it's going to be interesting going forward to see what they turn it, what like what game it is, and also how the Niners bounce back next week because you can really tell what a team is after their first loss. And certain teams that we will, we will talk about in uh, our segment when my former co-host makes his return – well, it's the same thing. Like, some teams just don't bounce back, right? You could tell that's not a team that really is playoff caliber. Well, I mean, I think that the San Francisco 49ers bounce back. Uh, Cardinals really made them look like a team last week that you can question. That, like, oh, yeah, we're legit, but, like, are they really? They almost lost to the three-win Cardinals. So, I think that they're going to be able to bounce back and win that game. I also think it's the whole thing. Football is that one game where it's just, like, a game can be a side off a kickoff. Like, you don't really, like – I think that's the one thing people always forget about football is that any given Sunday, even if it's a Thursday, that Cardinals-Saints – that and uh, yeah, Cardinals-Niners game was interesting because, like, the Cardinals just came out fired up. And uh, also, can we just talk about how we've had, like, nothing but good Thursday night football games since, like, week four? Like, I haven't ha- – I don't remember a bad one since week four. Even though even week two was good too with uh Panthers and uh Bucks. But uh yeah, so the only one that was really kinda lame was the opener with uh Savannah's uh Packers taking on the Bears. Hey, that wasn't lame. It you know, it was just so it was just three and outs here and ten to ten to six, man. Oh, it was the game of the freaking worst. Just ten to three. It's still Mitch Trubisky's base might as well have been drunk under center. He might have put up more points. <laughs> um, all right. <sighs> Kevin, try to contain yourself and try not to flip too much. To I won't rip Bama too much because, honestly, they played a hell of a game. And they showed a lot of character coming back. But we had college football this weekend. It was a crazy weekend. We had multiple upsets. We had a Miami Hurricane offense put up 52 points. Don't ask me how that happened. Um, we had LSU finally beat Bama. It just took, you know, goddamn forever. Uh, and I was right about Penn State. All y'all can bow down now. <clears throat> Not YouTube, but everyone else who hates on me for telling you that Penn State, telling everyone that Penn State was overrated. Didn't you pick Penn State to win? Yeah, I thought they were going to lose to Ohio State later, but, you know, I'll take okay. this one early, too. Well, listen, I was wrong in the picks, but I'll still take this one. I didn't okay. think I didn't think Minnesota was that good. I was wrong. It's the Gopher. They play on the big screen when the other team's kicking a field goal. <laughs> I freaking love that. And so that's maybe the greatest like distract. That's like up. That's gotta be up there with like the, the the dude at the Cameron Crazies who like goes shirtless or whatever. But like that's awesome. I love it. Um. Also, it was weird. Um. The whole game, it just felt like Penn State just didn't have it. Like, they just weren't about it the entire game. Like, Minnesota got on them early and just never really let up. And every time Penn State started coming back, it seemed like Minnesota just squeaked away enough where it wasn't that close. 
even though the scoreboard didn't tell the same thing. Uh, I mean, Penn State, to me, out. They're done. No national title, no no, no uh, Big Ten championship. They're done because Ohio State's going to smack the daylights out of them in a couple weeks. And yeah, that's it. But um, I don't know. Looking at uh, what did you guys think of that game? Honestly, because I, I, it was weird for me to watch because I was kind of just rooting for Minnesota, but like I don't know players not on that roster at all. I wanted Penn State to win. I wanted them to be the best team they could possibly be to give Ohio State a run for their money. Now, giving Ohio State a run for their money this year is losing by less than 20, but <laughs> it would be great. I don't think this is the end of Penn State's playoff hopes, though. Really? Really? They lost to an 8-0, and now 9-0 and team that, ha- if they go to the Big Ten Championship, uh, if Minnesota does, <coughs> they don't lose by a lot, and Penn State wins all their games except Ohio State, but plays them close for a normal game and like loses by a touchdown— I can see them sneaking in if Alabama loses the Iron Bowl. So it, it's barring your boys taking an L that they get in, basically. Yes, it's every other team. It is possible, but a lot of other teams have to lose for it like to happen. Utah, Utah has to lose again, and then Oregon has to lose to Utah in the title game, basically. Yeah. All right. Georgia has to lose again. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to say that how much. It, it, like – Everyone's – I saw that – I'm going to talk about this in the last call and about both college and pro, but we – like, you know, we started we started in our heads kind of make a playoff picture of, you know, who's going, who's not. And this weekend just kind of showed, like, all right, there's still, like, a half a season – well, at least for NFL, there's, like, half a season left or, like, two, a, a third of a season, a little more. But – College football, we still have like the craziest month of the year, November. We got three or four games left, and this is going to get crazy. So um, it's going to be really interesting to uh, see how it finishes up. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Minnesota's now up to eighth, by the way, in the college football playoff rankings, which were just released, of course, before we felt before we start recording. It's LSU one, OSU two, Clemson three, Georgia four. Alabama five. I think those are interchangeable, honestly, because I think Alabama is a far superior team. Oregon at six, Utah seven, Minnesota eight, Penn State nine. I think that's a little too high for Penn State. Oklahoma ten. They just disrespect the hell out of Oklahoma now. Um, did Oklahoma almost lose to uh, Iowa State too? Um, yeah, yeah, they did. I was watching with our good buddy Sawyer. Yeah, they won by one. Yeah, it was insane. They went for two and they missed it. It was it, it was uh, it was sad because they went on Iowa State went down and scored and they're like, yeah, we gotta go for the two point conversion and they airmailed it and kind of like I mean it was a good game to watch though. I had a blast watching it. I watched so much college football this weekend. Uh, Florida eleven, Auburn twelve, Baylor thirteen, staying undefeated. I love how they won again and they still dropped a slot. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Memphis, Texas, Iowa. Boise State, Oklahoma State, Navy, woo! Uh, K-State and App State finishing out your top 25. Um, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my Hurricanes. Jared Williams tied an ACC record with six touchdown passes on Sunday, on Saturday. So that was a very entertaining game to watch. Jared, thank you for making my sick, very sick day a little better. 
Well, Kev, we couldn't avoid it any longer, buddy. We got to talk about... Uh... Before that, can I complain about something with the college football playoffs first? Yeah, go for it. I don't like how when you lose in the season is such a big impact on whether or not you make it. You could lose to an unde- to a, like an unranked one in whatever team week one or two and still get in over, say, Alabama, who lost by five to the number two team at the time. And that just really bothers me that it's not just if you lose, but it's when you lose. I'm going to quote Reggie Bush here. He was on the herd on Friday, and he said, this is just more proof that there needs to be a six or eight team playoff because it's things like that. Like Alabama definitely deserves to be in, but I still think there's three or four teams that are better than Alabama, at least off of resume. But Alabama should still be in the playoff. I would love to see an eight-team playoff. Are you kidding me? That'd be insane. Just like you know, like start the game, like the play, the first round game, start them like December fifteenth or like December twentieth. Like have a game, have Christmas after Christmas, have the second game, or you know maybe a half a week or after Christmas, then like start going. Like just have one game before Christmas, have the break, have the two weeks, then still have it on New Year's, and you're, it's only an extra round, honestly. And just have the games like on the 20th of uh, December. And when the games are over, kids go back for Christmas. They come back and it's regular scheduling as usual for the four and the, the four, the two games and the one game. So I honestly don't see why they shouldn't just do this. Like, you know, bring in the orange bowl, like stop having the rotation. It should be the orange bowl, the fiesta bowl, um, uh, cotton ball. Uh, what's the last one? And the Rose bowl. Just have those be the four bowl games. That you like the four teams out of those that win go to the next go to the next rounds and then you know go to the national title game. That's what it should be to me, honestly. I think they won't do that just solely because one of the big things called football is the tradition of it, and they're not going to want to mess with that. But it's they're going to have problems like this. Yeah, I'm not agreeing with. I'm saying that's why they won't do it. I think it's well, remember, stupid. They, they, we, remember, we said like they said like six years ago, this was never going to happen. Five, no, eight, ten years ago, they were so they were so stoic on the BCS bullshit. And oh wait, let's try this playoff out. Another playoff is amazing. I love the college football playoff. It's like the best thing ever. So, but I think it needs to be improved. At least add at least add two teams. Like give one into a bye week. Like that'd be great. But. I don't know. I think one through – it needs to be more than four. Four still seems too small. But uh, – I'm just concerned when it's going to – and I know this is just a – I'm not trying to make a slippery slope argument like, oh, eventually we'll have a 64. No, just – the college, the people in charge of the NCAA have to be looking at this go – have to be looking at this, though, thinking, well, when are these people going to be happy? How many teams are they going to make us add? Because I think eight is the maximum that you can add. But if you make it an 18 playoff, then number nine and number 10 are going to complain. If you make it for some reason a 12 with some buys involved, then 13, 14 are going to complain. And then eventually people are going to be arguing for an, a March Madness style. I, I just think, honestly, six. It's a perfect number. It, you have the two, it makes getting one and two even more important because you get a bye week. So only the, only the three, four, five, and six teams have to play before Christmas – and then afterward, you have the other – and then you then then the winners of those games go in and play the one and two seeds and the winner of those games. So you could have a number six team. Like let's say like if, if they did that this year, let's say Oregon gets hot and takes out Clemson. 
Then you have Clemson LSU in the first, in one of the games. That's going to be insane how high scoring that game's going to be. That'd be great. And then you'd have in the other game, let's just say um, Bama smacks around Georgia. Then you have Bama versus Ohio State. I'd watch that game. Are you kidding me? So there you go. Like it, I honestly think a 16 playoff works perfectly because there's always six teams that are deserving of getting it every year. I think there's maybe one where there's like, you know, there's five. But even then, if the six team is crap, like the daylight smacked at them by the three seed, it's over. <clears throat> so there we go. That's that's my uh, that's my two cents there. Kev, we got to talk about LSU-Alabama because it was the biggest game of the weekend. Everyone's talking about it. I have to give mad props to Alabama, though, and Tua because Tua was a fighter, man. High ankle sprains ain't nothing to mess with. And dude was balling out. LSU secondary ain't anything to shake a stick at. They're not, they're not like, you know, like elite, but they're good. And he just was, he led them right back. They were down by a lot at halftime and they came roaring back. And it turned out just, you know, LSU, man, at the end, making the big plays. So it was just a great game for me. I watched about nine. I watched probably most of the game. I missed about, two drives when I was outside at a bonfire. But um, honestly, I was, I was blown away. I think Joe Burrows honestly is a very good quarterback. He's got a great career at the next level. I don't think he's going to be like elite. That arm kind of worries me a little bit. He's like lack of arm strength, but still it was a great game to watch. And yeah, Randy Moss's reaction to his kid's catch was insane. He was just been a catch. He reestablished dude. He wasn't pushed out. But he's still reestablished. But his momentum carried out. You cannot go out without being pushed out and come back in and be the first player to touch the ball. Even in college rules or not just NFL? Yes. Well, they called it a catch. I don't know. I I, I feel like that game was LSU's to win. Yeah, because of the officiating. Okay. Bad spot going for it on fourth and one. Um, once you slide, you are not supposed to hit them because once you start sliding, you are giving yourself up. That's where you're down to a slid. And then they dove at his ankle. That's a cheap play. Yeah. Oh, I'm not doubting it. I'm just, I saw the hit, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, Kev, your prize guys are going to probably get another shot at them in the playoff, hopefully. So I'd love to see that rematch. Also, I'm not blaming the officiating on the loss that came down to, Tua forgetting how to carry a football and bad play calling. That was the other thing that I did notice is that it just didn't seem like Saban. I almost feel like Alabama thought they were going to come and just slam LSU. That's how the play calling looked to me. I don't know because they went away from what they were calling all year. They didn't run slants and they Tua said it on the air. If you don't like us running slants, stop it. LSU didn't stop it because you didn't run it. It was it was it was odd. I, I, it was just like the game almost felt like LSU just LSU came out with so much gas in the tank and they were just like out to kill for the first like two quarters. And at halftime, Nick Saban like rallied the troops and was like, "All right, guys, come on, come down." Yeah. Also, they didn't run the ball. Nick Saban, all of your success in college football comes off of the ground game. Why did you not run the ball until the second half? This is why hashtag fire Nick Saban was trending on Twitter. I don't agree with it, but it was. I mean, 
LSU's got elite receivers, man. But I just the whole the whole game just fell off to me because like I was sitting there with my with my neighbors, my buddy Chris, and we're watching the game and we're listening on radio when we're outside and it was like I'm trying to think to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, what's wrong? Why aren't they running the football? I, I mean, Alabama LSU's run defense is is not bad at all. I just think they gave it too much respect. It's gonna be interesting going forward next week when they actually try, like when they go at it in the playoff. Hopefully, I would love to see that in the playoff in the, like the first round, maybe like one versus four. If Alabama gets another shot, if they run at them constantly, they run their slants. <clears throat> I feel bad for Abilene Christian next week. Oh God. Uh, Savannah, what do you think of the game? I really thought the LSU was going to mess it up. Like when Bama, I mean, they like got in stride. I really thought that they were going to end up winning the game. LSU had a great first half and then Alabama had a good like second half. So, but Joe Burrow's too good. Like he's just a really good quarterback to stop. Some, some idiot at at CBS sports. I can't remember the guy's name right now, but I heard the quote this morning on the radio he quoted it as saying that he reminds him of Tom Brady. I'm like, why would you do that to this poor kid? Why would you ever do that to this poor kid? You must be an Alabama fan. Why would you ever put that kind of expectation on a kid like this? He just got himself up to the national level. Just leave him alone. Well, I saw some people saying that he was going to go first overall in the draft. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know because, um, I mean, it depends on who gets first overall pick. I mean, the, clearly the, the Dolphins don't want the first overall pick, so <laughs> – the Bengals are still taking a quarterback. Oh, yeah. But I feel like the Bengals, Justin Hebert – or Herbert, sorry. There we go. Got it. Justin Herbert, I feel like, is the is the ideal pick for Cincinnati. Big arm, athletic, can get himself out of trouble. Also, they don't like playing good quarterbacks. Smart is a good point. You don't think Justin Herbert's a good quarterback? I don't think he's the first overall pick. I, I think he fits their system better than Tua does. I don't think Tua's the first overall pick. I think Tua goes, like, top 10, but, like, later in the top 10 because the ankle is what bugs me. Uh, the ankle doesn't bug me. I don't know. I mean, <coughs> the, this, I mean it's the first time he's injured his Miami, ankle. Dude. Like, they might get the fourth pick and still might, two of them might still go there. But the ankle, this is the first time he's injured his ankle. That's true. Uh, I will give this about Tua. Everyone's calling him a generational talent. Show me. Because the last time somebody said it was a, they were talking about generational talents with quarterbacks – one retired early and one just hasn't panned out. So I like show me, because they they were telling me Josh Rosen when he was in college was like generational and he just yeah. Sam Darnold same thing. He's seeing ghosts. But all right, folks. Can I make one more point about this game. Go for it. Patrick Sertan is trash and I can't wait till he graduates. And I say graduates because there's zero chance in hell a cornerback who can't cover is getting drafted. That's that's in your team, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't keep track of every single player's name and every single roster on, in college. Um, okay. When you're watching an Alabama game, the guy who's chasing the receiver after he caught the ball is Patrick Sertan. Fair enough. Um, Folks, it's time for your favorite game. Jeopardy? Eh, second favorite. Wheel of the Fortune? One, oh, shut up. The oh. one sentence game, week 10 edition. I'm kicking it off right now. Raiders Chargers. Um... Chucky's got a plan, and my boy Mark Riley called it. It's working. Somehow, it's working. Savannah? Josh Jacobs for Rookie of the Year. 
Easy. Kev. I was wrong about the Raiders. I know this is one sentence game, but they have a really good chance to make the playoffs. Like, I mean, I know Pittsburgh won, but the, the Colts lost, like all those, the Titans. Oh, my God. I, I love seeing the Colts suffer. I don't know if it's maybe because I just love hearing Mark whine about how Andrew Luck is so elite, but <clears throat> he's not. <clears throat> Sorry, folks. Battling a cold here. Um, Chiefs-Titans. I don't know if the Titans are better than they thought we were or the Chiefs just honestly are just having one of those years. The game didn't like I could on film I could not break this game down and get a concise conclusion on what was the theme of the game. Kev, it's hard to win games when you don't have a defense. Personnel-wise, our defense isn't terrible either. But they don't play well mostly. Also, I love Derrick Henry. I do too. Savannah. Uh, by Marcus Mariota, he's not coming back. Ryan Yo, Marcus, Ryan Tannehill, dude, dude wins the start. I, he might be the starter in Tennessee next year too. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna get a quarterback. That's what I'm thinking. Because he's not a bad quarterback, and he's just as athletic as Mariota, but he doesn't. He's not afraid to throw it down the field. Um, Cardinals, Bucks. Um, I'm really disappointed the Cardinals didn't pull this out. I I still think Howard's a good quarterback, but it was just like it was just a bad defense, good offense, ball. Get rid of Jameis. But where are we gonna get the memes from? Oh, someone will sign. I mean, people are arguing like, oh, it's the defense. Oh, it's Jameis. You need one position to be consistent in the NFL to win. If your defense is somewhat inconsistent, you can still win. If your quarterback is consistently average, Jameis Winston one week is playing like a pro bowler, the next week is playing like a third-string quarterback who got forced in because everyone else got hurt. Basically. Trying to find the pick sheet from last week. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it was crazy. Savannah, what did you think about this this game? Yeah, Tampa Bay needs to focus on drafting another quarterback. He can't be there anymore. I mean, they're going to be a top five pick, so they're going to definitely get a shot at it. But uh, it's going to—it's all going to come down to uh, what Brucey wants, because you know Bruce Arians is just a man who you cannot predict. Um, next up, loser bowl 2019: the Giants versus the Jets. New York sports at its finest. Savannah. Giants are bad. They are really bad. <laughs> Like really, like really bad. Like when Daniel Jones came and like he won that game and then like got another win and I was just like, ooh, this could be it. The Giants are gonna start rolling. No. I didn't buy that only because I I looked at that defense and I looked at their lack of weapons and I'm like, the forty. The can we just remember that the Buccaneers are really bad here. That's the only reason they won. So yeah, <clears throat> Giants are trash. I feel pray for Saquon. Pray that he pulls a Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he's being wasted away there. He needs to be on a team that can win. That, that was my sentence, by the way. Pray for Saquon. Pray for Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah, by the way, Jamal Adams, my boy, the stripping score. Let's go. 
Yep. Daniel Jones is legit. Even though they lost, like, he threw for 308 yards and four touchdowns in a game where Saquon had 13 carries for one yard. Anybody who started, for Sa- started Saquon in fantasy this week should just, like, just give up. <laughs> That's like Jared Goff this week gave me five fantasy points. I wanted to go to Cal- L.A. and kick him repeatedly in the head. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I, I do agree, though. Jared, um, Daniel Jones isn't bad, but also how much of that also is the Jets' secondary besides Jamal Adams just being absolutely atrocious? Um, next up, Falcons at Saints. My sentence, Savannah's can't miss pick misses. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> you're all, you're, you're welcome. Also, I love seeing the Saints fans being miserable. So there you go. You're yeah. only, you're only saying that because you picked this year for the Saints to be bad. So they finally looked bad and now you're just ecstatic about it. Oh, no, no. I still haven't forgiven them for last year. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm petty for at least one year with a team. Is it, is it time to go back to Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> That's how you start anarchy in that city, man. Seriously. I'm not going to make my comment. Savannah, you go. <laughs> Say it off camera. Or text it to me. <clears throat> yeah, I thought this was a deadlock for the Saints. They just looked like lost puppy dogs. The line was 13 and a half. <laughs> That's so bad. All right. Uh, next up, Bills and Browns. Ouch. The Bills have just, like, fallen off the map. How do you lose to the Browns? Savannah? Baker Mayfield didn't have any interceptions. Guys, the world's actually officially ending today. Have. Even in a game where they won, it was so ugly. <laughs> like, so, what's their, what was the red zone efficiency rating? It had to be like less than 20%. I don't know, but 19 to 16 <clears throat> is just such an ugly score. I mean, the Browns had like 10 plays that were goal to go and got like three points off of it. That's just awful. All right, Bengals at Ravens. This was the mail-in game. Lamar Jackson cleaning up in fantasy. Are the Bengals going to go 0-16? Because I need one team this year to go 0-16. Yeah, they're going to go 0-16, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Lamar Jackson, (coughs) he's giving Russell a run for his money when it comes to MVP. Pump the brakes on that one. Let's see him beat. Let's see him like. I don't know. I just it's something about Lamar. Just, I want to see him beat a team from the pocket, and then I will say, you know what? Give him the MVP. His passing numbers still like they're good, but they're not great. It's, I don't think he's twentieth in the league still. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, but he's a natural born runner. Like his passing is getting better and better, like ev- almost every week. Like people use people were thinking that he wasn't going to be able to pass at all, and now he's like rushing for the same amount that he's finally finally passing for the same amount that he's rushing. 
my God. Um, I mean, I get, I get it, but like at the same time, it's like Lamar Jackson. He's not Michael Vick. He's different. He's a, he's a, he's more explosive, like laterally. But or, I mean, he doesn't have Vick's arm strength either. I mean, I mean, then again, we haven't seen Lamar Jackson just absolutely launch a ball seventy yards yet. But I really want to see Jim Harbaugh towards the end of the year. I wish they really did what they did against Miami and just let him open up the cannons on him. But I want to see really what this kid can do. I, like it's almost like you you get a new you get a Ferrari and like you want to just get on the uh, straight ahead and just punch the accelerator. That's what I want to see Jim Har- John Harbaugh do. Yeah, thank you, Kevin, with um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Bears at Lions. The Disappointment Bowl 2019. Um, <laughs> the fact that the Bears almost lost to I even Jeff Driscoll. Oh, my God. Chicago, you outdone yourself, guys. You really have. Oh, by the way, um, I didn't brag about this last week. Um, Andre Naylor didn't give up a single sack to Khalil Mack, our rookie left tackle. So, yeah, Bears turning to Cubs before our eyes. <laughs> Kev? Just the Lions are so bad. <laughs> this just shows how good Matthew Stafford is because if they had Stafford, they would have blown him out by 30. Yeah, I mean, they definitely would have won by a lot if they had Matthew Stafford, but. Mitchell Trubisky finally decided to throw some touchdown passes. Against the defeated Lions team. That's real impressive. Right, exactly. Mitch Trubisky, I, I, I am uh, starting a new fan club. The Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, and Andy Dalton hating club. Uh, I'm founding as president. If you guys want to join, let me know. Uh, the dues are five bucks and cursing these guys out every fantasy season. So um, Jared Goff got thrown in because he's a disappointment as a human being. Answer yeah, the name of Jared. But the other two, why do you hate them? Uh, Andy Dalton just bugs me, and also he's wasted A.J. Green and John Ross's career. John Ross so far, but A.J. Green's career in total. Um, John Ross has been hurt, and the Bengals, like the Bengals have wasted their career. It's not Andy Dalton's fault. And, uh, the Bengals could have easily also – the beige water pistol. And then um, – Mr. Bisky, I just hate him because Bears fans. He's probably a great guy. I just hate him because of Bears fans. Um, next up, the Miami Dolphins versus the Indianapolis Colts. I would laugh hysterically, but my throat hurts, so I'm just gonna say this was just a um this was just that game that just made me laugh hysterically. Go for Miami. I love how hard they play for Brian Flores. And you know what? Like they're still going to get a good quarterback, either either if they get the first or the fourth pick. Because there's so many good defensive guys, <clears throat> Chase Young. But, yeah, no, I love this. I love – I'm kind of – I'm rooting for the Dolphins, like that lovable loser team, because, you know, everyone bailed. But these guys love their coach. I really think Brian Flores is going to be a good head coach in this league. Don't be surprised in two or three years if the Dolphins are up there duking it out with whoever skeleton of Brady is playing quarterback for the Patriots. For the division title. Oh, bold take you got there. No, I'm serious. I love that culture they they're building down there. It's it's something different. What do you guys got? God, I hope the Dolphins win like five or six games. That'd be incredible. 
I know. I mean, honestly, I just, I, you know, it, I love it's just, man, this season's just so weird to me. I really do. Uh, Savannah. Uh, they said to Kobe Brissett because they thought this would be an easy win, and it wasn't. Is, is he like the only good player on that team? Is like he's the reason that team's good? Because I didn't. I mean, I thought so, but I didn't. Like I thought they would be okay without him, but I guess not. This. This just ha- puts a lot of faith in Jacoby Brissett to me because Brissett's really good. Um, Andrew Luck's still trash. Mark Riley, shut up. <laughs> Next up on the list is the Rams and Steelers. Somebody better get Jared Goff and witness protection because he cost me a second straight week in fantasy, and I want to come after him right now. Okay, that is not Jared Goff's fault. It's your fault for still starting him. He was the only half my team was on bye weeks, bro. It literally was like the purge in my in my offense. Dalvin Cook almost single handedly won me that game. I mean, I had a bunch of buys, so I just picked up Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I should have dropped Goff. Honestly, um, I don't know. The Rams are a joke. Um, I've been calling it for the last like five weeks. I'm staying true. The Rams will go 8-8 eight and eight this year. I just think they just, oof. Because their schedule doesn't get any easier. So I, I'm, like, very much thinking that the Rams are going to be that team that goes by the wayside as the season goes on. Because I believe next week they have another heavy-duty game, if I'm correct. No, they're playing the Bears. Playing the Bears. All right, never mind. I think it's week uh week. They're 12. playing the Ravens the week after. Week twelve for the Ravens. I heard you giggle, Savannah, don't laugh at me. Um <laughs> then after that, they take on the Cardinals. There's a win. Oh yikes. My prediction's like real bad right now. Um I'm sticking by it. Right. Gotta yeah. love a Super Bowl hangover. Oh yeah, it's the best. Oh nine and seven, eight and eight. I'm sticking by it. But um yeah, so just the, and also the Steelers making Fitzpatrick six yeah. turnovers in seven games. He's looking great. I mean, the Steelers made out in that deal hardcore. Multiple interceptions, multiple touchdowns, like fumble recoveries, like he's looking good. The Steelers got something brewing. I mean, I still think they need to like you know move on for Ben, but Mason Rolf isn't the answer. But like at least for now, he's a good placeholder. Right. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> He's keeping them going. Panthers and Packers. The Packers screwed me here. I think I lost in picks this week because of those jackasses. Uh-huh. Don't get cute with the play calling. You have the best running back in football, and you have good weapons. And the the defense of the Green Bay Packers is about as physical as a kitten. Aaron Jones is still dominant. That's all I got to say. Run CMC, dude should be winning MVP. Yeah, run him, and he doesn't score. He scored a touchdown. Okay, but he didn't win the game. Okay. Aaron Rodgers didn't win that game. Aaron Rodgers didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, Aaron Jones won that game. And he's tied for Christian McCaffrey for most touchdowns. Like, he's looking good. 
because they hand it off to him in the red zone every play. It's like it's like putting. It's like taking a driver. It's like trying to get a hole in one in mini golf. The offensive line for the Packers is not bad at all, and Aaron Jones is talented of running back. It's like a chip shot half the time. Also, Aaron Jones has 400 less rushing yards. And there's a knockout stat. We are experiencing technical difficulties while Savannah calms down her dog. We will resume when she's ready to go. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So what's your sentence on this game, Savannah? Um, we're back, and our defense still sucks. Yeah. We'll see how you guys do against San Fran. That game's going to be interesting. Um. Yeah, it is. Vikings at Cowgirls. Uh, first off, Dalvin Cook is a monster. I wanted him in the in the draft two years ago. They took Sidney Jones instead. It's like a fourth year in a row I've hit on a draft pick that the Eagles didn't take. Um. This year with DK Metcalf. But, uh, yeah, no, seriously. Um, oh, also, that year, I also hit on Alvin Kamara as well. But, um, sorry, humble brag. But, yeah, the Vikings and Cowboys, like, it came down to Dak in the red zone. Yes, the play calling was bad, but you got to execute. And that whole team, there's a culture, right, you know, we got to pound the rock, feed Zeke. Dak looked good. But also, people got to realize that the Vikings even said, like, we are going to take away Zeke. Dak can try to beat us all he wants, and he couldn't. That's what I'm seeing out of this game. Everyone's trying to show me the silver lining here. I'm like, the Vikings quarterbacks are also really bad the last three weeks. No Trey Waynes. Xavier Rhodes has been a ghost of himself, and Mike Hughes is a backup. So what do you want me to tell you? Kev. <clears throat> Sorry, I zoned out. Are we doing Vikings Cowboys? Yes. Oh, I hate the Cowboys, and I'm so happy they lost. Savannah? I mean, Dak looks so good, but he just can't finish. Why? 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 I needed Minnesota to lose. <sighs> yeah, I, it's just it was just one of those games where I'm kind of just like... Minnesota's going to walk to the playoffs, I feel. I don't know what the rest of the rec- season looks like, but they're going to walk to the playoffs and just and get choked. spanked by whoever they play. Because their quarterback's the only one who's never played in the playoffs. I think Kirk Cousins never played in the playoffs before, right? Um, Yeah, because every year, um, the only year Washington made the playoffs when he was there it was Robert Griffin III was the starter. True. So yeah, Cousins. Let's say, let's say either Philly or Dak. Philly or Dak. I mean, oh, Carson he's or Dak. he started in the playoffs once. Okay, so Carson or Dak. I mean, Carson hasn't started, but Philadelphia. He's been around like he's playoff atmosphere and stuff. But um, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Um, next up, we have the Monday night game. We already talked about it. My one sentence is. I love Nick Bosa, and the Niners will be fine. But Seattle is – their defense woke up. Kev? Thank God Seattle's defense kind of showed up because I was getting worried. 
Savannah, last thing before we uh, bring Mark in. Uh, I stand. I mean, I'm putting respect on the 49ers for sure, but I stand by what I say. They would not have the record they did if they played teams like that all season. All right, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, since this is our 69th episode and our anniversary, joining us, my former sidekick and good friend, foremost of the Corner Booth Podcast, director of social media, also fellow Birds fan, Mr. Mark Riley. Mark, welcome back, buddy. Can we hear me? That's the more important question. Oh, no, we can hear you loud and clear, buddy. All right. You're, dude, it, it feels like I'm at home because your voice sounds like shit. <laughs> the return of Jared's missing voice. Yeah, no, um, Mother Nature decided to smack me in the face with a cold. Like, my right. last, on my last, like, this, on Friday morning through today, just felt like crap. I mean, it's probably snowed, like, six times where you live, right, already? No, actually, it hasn't snowed at all. It, wow. It's just been rain. Like, we've been getting lucky. Like, I mean, it snowed for about 30 seconds yeah. while I was at the gym today, but it melted. It was, it was like, I've been lucking out. Yeah, Philly's actually got a little bit of snow already, so who would have thought? Yeah, I know. Maybe it's climate change, man. It's crazy. All right. That's we're not gonna... real. <laughs> man, All right, Mark. Bad. We're going to start with the segment you create, you and me created back in the day. We're doing a little pulp of stool. So we are doing stay or bail on six NFL teams. We are going to say if we're staying or bailing on each one going forward, because we had a couple of – this weekend proved once again, once again it's the season's never over really until week 17. So – First off, we'll let uh, Mark go first. Mark, are you staying staring or bailing on the Rams? Um, it's tough, but I think I'm going to bail. This team doesn't look remotely as competent as they did last year. Their offense, which was their their what they really relied on, is failing them. I mean, they couldn't. I mean, the Steelers' defense played well this year, but they looked pitiful against them. They got a stacked division after you saw last night. Uh, 49ers, Seahawks, it's, I think they're the real deal. Those two are going to battle in for the division. I think whoever doesn't win that part of the division is going to take the wild card spot. So I don't think, I don't think the Rams, I think it's, it's this team's, Rams team is good. I just think they're going to have to do kind of what the Vikings are doing this year. They're, they sucked it up last year, kind of have to figure out what, who they are. They have to pay all these people. So I'm, I'm bailing, on the, bailing on the Rams. Kev. I am also bailing on the Rams. Uh, without Todd Gurley, they can't really do much. Jared Goff is a, an average to below our below average quarterback, and just they're not good. Savannah. Yeah, I got a balance too. They don't look like the same team that they were, and I don't think that they're gonna come back and turn their season around. I also, of course, it's gonna be a clean sweep. I am bailing on the Rams as well. I've been bailing on them since week five, humble brag. Uh, they're not adjusting on their offense. It looks the same as it did in 2017. Their reliance on Todd Gurley is literally killing them. Not having Brandon Cooks to kind of stretch the field is also hurting them. Cooper Cup or not, they're going to finish 9, 7, 8, and 8. It's just that – and also, I don't even think Ramsey might stay, man. They might just offer him too low. And if his mentor and friend Deion Sanders is telling us anything – he might walk. So it might be honestly a good thing, though, if he walks. I don't know. But um, next up on the docket, Mark's second favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts. Mark's there, bail. I mean, you got a bail. Uh, no Andrew Luck. No chance. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
I had to bring up Andrew Luck's name at least once while I'm back here. Uh, they got a bail. Brian Hoyer is terrible. Jacoby Brissett, come back or not. I mean, another division where, like, they're going to all kill each other. They always do. Texans are going to come out on top. And I think the AFC is going to have a couple random second-place teams in their divisions that are just going to sneak in there over the Colts. <coughs> Oakland. Um, I'm fully believing Oakland's going to get that last spot. But, um. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm also bailing on the Colts. I've been bailing on them since week two, since week one. I was a little surprised when they walked in and beat the, the Chiefs a couple weeks back. But at the same time, that's that whole any given Sunday kind of thing. I um, I, I honestly think Andrew Luck's overrated enough, but because uh, I also think Brissett is really talented. But I didn't realize how reliant that system is on their quarterback. Holy crap! They looked awful. I mean, I think Luck and Brissett are a little closer than people would like to admit talent-wise, but at least towards the end of Luck's career. Because Luck in his rookie year was phenomenal, but like after that, it just seemed like it was falling off. But anyway, we can have a debate for hours between me and Mark. But basically, I, that, that system's too reliant. i got to bail on them, even though Marlon Mack's a great running back. Savannah, what do you think? I mean, you said it yourself that they're relying on the system of the quarterback. Um, I think when Jacoby Brissett's comes back, they're going to look good. Um, I got to I gotta stay with the Colts because he's not going to be out for very long. All righty. Kev? I'm going to stay on the Colts. I think Jacoby Brissett is just good enough that once he comes back healthy, they can win enough games to make the playoffs. Fair enough. All right, next up, speaking of teams that are on the fringe with no quarterback, Pittsburgh Steelers have won four straight, I think, yeah, four straight, four straight, after starting off two and four, or three straight. I don't know, I, the, the math hurting my head right now. Anyway, they won last night against the Rams. Minka Fitzpatrick has four six, in, six turnovers in the seven games he's played. So I've repeated that stat, I just love it. He's clearly an elite safety, and... They're winning games. They're ugly, but they're winning them. I mean, they haven't beaten great teams, but it's still impressive. I'm bailing, though. I just, you know what? I just, I can't. No quarterback. They're not getting enough points scored. James Conner is a good running back. He's not a bell cow running back. Uh, I just, you know what? Uh, yeah, I can't. There's too many good teams in the AFC. I'm bailing on them. Mark, you can go. All right. Uh, I have to stay with a question mark. They're so – like, this defense I thought was a joke just comes out, and I understand the offensive line for the Rams is god-awful, but, like, they just – they their pass rush looks good. Minka Fitzpatrick it was worth every number one overall pick in the world. I'm still bitter the Eagles didn't ask or go do that. Um, Mason Rudolph is not good. I mean, he's proven that. He's still young. He's still learning. He's not good. But I think he's if he can just try to not turn over the ball as much, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be a, a team to fear in the playoffs if they were to somehow sneak in there. But I'm gonna stay over that stay with them over the Colts because I think the Colts just have too many injuries other than just their quarterback that they have to deal with. Savannah. Um I think I'm gonna stay with the Steelers. Uh I think they have just enough. They're not like this like phenomenal team, but I think they have just enough to uh, keep it going. They started they started one and three, and now they're four and one in the last five games. So um, they 
figured it out. Think of Fitzpatrick had just happens to be the answer. There you go. Um, Kev. I love Mink Fitzpatrick, but I got a bail on the Steelers. Their Juju is not a number one receiver, and he's especially not a number one receiver when you have a subpar quarterback throwing him the ball, regardless of if it's uh, Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph. Yet. And I think James Conner is a good secondary back to have, but he can't be the primary back. I think all those things are yet, though. I think those two players have very good chances of being capable of being the number ones. Like, they are number ones right now for their team, even though they're not playing to the ability of ones. But I think either next year or the year after, they're both going to be studs. If not, Juju's already a stud, but he's just not number one caliber, I guess. No, I just mean this season. Oh, okay. All righty. Next up. Dallas Cowboys uh, oh. fell to the uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, on Sunday night. We'll start with Savannah. Savannah, what do you think of the Cowgirls? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to bail on them. Um, they have, like, uh, Zeke is just off this season. It's just, I mean, he's good, like, but he's still, he's not yeah. the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> he, uh. The whole team, like, just – it makes me think of, like, when the Cowboys played the Packers also um, comparing it to last night. Like, they started to come back. They're starting to come back. They have a chance to close out the game, and then they just can't finish. So if they're going to continue to do that, then I got to I gotta bail. Kev? I also have to bail. I think to make the playoffs at least, you need to have either a good quarterback – or a great running back. And I feel like with Zeke, it's a coin flip of what you're going to get. He's either going to be a okay running back or a great running back. And that inconsistency is really, really hurts them when they need it most. Mark. I'm, I'm actually going to stay on the Cowboys because the NFC East as some refer to as NFC, NFC least. I don't have any faith in the Eagles still. They are going to probably disappoint me this weekend against the Patriots if we're if we're being realists and not just fans. Um, I actually – I think what you just said, Kev, I think they do have a good quarterback, and I think they do have a great running back, even though he's been a little off. I think their defense is sound. They got a pass rush. They have linebackers. Secondary is iffy. I just think the only problem with the Cowboys is Jason Garrett. I don't think Kellen Moore – is awful. I don't th- I think he's still learning. I don't think he should be their head coach, but if they got a guy in there that could motivate them, the dude doesn't even look like he's ever even talking on the sideline. Who's supposed to motivate that team to ever want to do anything? I think Dak's been playing well. I mean, they he plays well. They take the ball out of his hands and give it to Zeke. Like I said, none of it makes sense. I think the Cowboys are actually legit. They just need a new coach, which makes me sick to my stomach that I think the Cowboys are legit. But I'm staying on it just because NFC East has got off. All right. Uh, Kev. Oh, you already went. Uh, am yeah. I up? Yep, that's you, bud. All right. Um, at least for this week, I am staying with a question mark. Only because of the guy that got under center. And I am the biggest Dak critic ever, but he's been proving to me this season he is a good quarterback. Now, he's not like the elite. He's not a top 10 guy, but he's like 11 or 12. He's right there. 
to be fair, I loved him in college. Maybe the Cowboys uniform has slanted my view of him a little bit. But he kept him in that game. He kept him in that game against Savannah's Packers. Because when you take Zeke out of the game, it's like Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore, like, have a spaz attack on the sideline. They don't know what to do. And there's Dak, you know, just picking apart. To be fair, though, I did say this already in the one-sentence game. The Vikings basically were playing, we're stopping the run if we're going to let Dak beat us. That's basically what their game plan was. You could even see it. The windows were so wide. The corners, they had their, they didn't even have, the, like, one of their top corners out there. It just, it looked so, yes, like Dak made the throws, but he also made the throws against soft coverage because they were so focused on Zeke. It's more, they should have won that game based on, but they were so stubborn to get the ball to Zeke when, honestly, if they just threw the ball in the red zone, they would have scored. So thank you, Jason Garrett. And Kel- thank you, Jason Garrett, for being stubborn. And thank you, Kellen Moore, for being completely inept for allowing um, the Cowboys to lose. Um, yeah, no. Um, and the fact that they might franchise tag Dak, Dak, I would love to see Dak go somewhere else, man, because I would love to be on the roof for him again. But because uh, that dude's story is incredible. But yeah, honestly, I just I, I'm staying for at least this week. We'll see how they do next week. They play the Patriots in two weeks. If New England stops them, then no. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Next up, Buffalo Bills. I'll start. Oh, oh I'll got it just because, you know, my favorite player is on this team, Josh Allen. So I'm going to bail on the Bills. I don't even think it bad. makes statistical sense that I'm bailing on them because, like I said, if I'm saying the, the Colts aren't making it, Somebody has to make it, and I think the Bills will be the team, that, and the Steelers may be the team that would substitute that. Either way, bailing because Josh Allen is not a promised land franchise quarterback, and uh, the defense can only do so much for them. They just lost to the Browns, who haven't looked good at all. Um, they might lose the Dolphins this week. Who knows? So I'm bailing. Um, I don't think they'll lose to the Dolphins. I think Josh Allen is a good quarterback. He's not great. He needs a lot. Like, Sean McDermott needs to really get this guy some help. I think John Brown's an excuse for help. Um, I think another offseason with this kid is going to do wonders. I don't think he'll ever be elite. I think he'll be kind of that freak of nature game manager who can just, like, make a bomb throw occasionally. Yeah, but game managers have to be accurate. I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna be his, he's gonna be a Josh Allen. He's gonna be his own type of quarterback. But I still think I'm I'm staying with the Bills. They're still my they're still my five seed in the playoffs with Raiders being my sixth seed. So I'm sticking with them. I think they're good enough where they'll make the playoffs at like ten and six. Um, Savannah. Um, I think I'm gonna stay with the Bills. Looking at their schedule, I kind of. I mean, I know that they had a really bad game against the Browns, but I think they're going to bounce back against the Dolphins. Um, I really only see them, like, having two guaranteed L's the rest of the season, which is versus the Ravens and at the Patriots. Um, they could win the rest of the games. So I got to stay with them. All righty. But then again, we also didn't pick them to lose to the Browns. So. Very true. But every team, most teams have that weird loss, so – I mean, they got the Cowboys and Steelers you're, still. You're talking I, mean, I feel like those could be losses. Eagles fan Savannah, don't bring up weird losses. Philly's known for it. You think they'll you think they'll beat the Cowboys and the Steelers? 
Where is the game though? If it's in Buffalo, I'll take Buffalo. But if it's, it's in at Dallas, the Cowboys, it's oh no, no, but Dallas has got that one. Unless, unless, unless somehow they're like Josh Allen just decides to start chucking rockets to John Brown. Cowboys got that one. No, I mean I think they're gonna be good games. I mean I just think the only guaranteed losses are the Ravens and the Patriots. I still think that they can lose, but I also think that there's a chance that they can win out. I mean they have the defense is okay. Like Josh Allen has his bright spots. I think that there's a chance. So you'd throw that game up at a 50-50 toss up basically. Yeah. All right, I take that. I take those odds on the on the Bills. All right. I'm um, going to bail on the Bills. Bail on the Bills? Yeah, no, you're a Patriots fan. Go, what? Kevin. Sorry, I didn't know if you already went, and I didn't want you to cut me off. No, <laughs> no, no, I was about to say, go, Kev. Um, they, they're, I don't see them, I can see them losing to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are too good to tank. Uh, The Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, and Patriots all have an a defense good enough to slow down Josh Allen, which isn't that hard to do. And yeah, they're like it's been said before, their defense can only win do so much for them. And so I'm bailing. Alrighty. Uh last but not least, the Tennessee Titans, uh fresh off of a win over the Kansas City Chiefs, Ryan Tannehill has breathed new life into that offense. Derrick Henry balled out. Kevin's boy. So we're start with Kevin, Mr. Alabama faithful. Uh, Kevin, you stay or bailing on the Titans? They got a shot here. I am staying on the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, as bad as I thought he was in the past, has done enough for them to win games. And they're riding Derrick Henry like they said they would in a contract year. I can see them riding him all the way to the playoffs. Savannah. Um, yeah, I want to pass on the, on them. Um, I think that this game against the Chiefs, I don't want to say it was a fluke because I think the Chiefs also had like a kind of an off week. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill looks better than Marcus Mariota, but I don't think he's good enough to carry them to where, like to the playoffs. Fair enough. Uh, Mark. Uh, bye. It's so tough because I, I want to bail on them, but I like I said, I can't bail on the Bills and the Colts and then somehow have – there needs to be a team. And like you said, possibly your Raiders, I guess, sneak in, even though I don't know if they had the juice to uh, – fine, I'm going to bail. Sucks, you, you can't doubt Gruden. You're the one who was like, all about I was. I am still all about it. I just don't – I think they're a year away. I mean, I, I can't – you cannot tell me that Mariota getting benching for, benched for Tannehill – Equals playoffs. That just would blow my mind. I think this Chiefs thing was just a, um, a, like a, it, 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 it's a bittersweet. That's cool. Like they beat the Chiefs. That's their Super Bowl. They're not gonna do that every week. I don't think Tannehill has it in them to make comebacks. I mean, the Chiefs defense is garbage, so that's probably why that happened. Um, yeah, I'm gonna bail and just hope somehow the Steelers and Raiders are the teams that sneak in the wild card. Um, I am staying on the Titans. Hard stay, uh, at least for now. I mean, I mean, later towards the end of the season, I like I want to see what Jacksonville's like when they get Foles back. Oh, that's yep. I forgot about that too. Yeah, yeah no, like everyone's like I called it. Like when we did the one sentence game last week. I said, listen, two weeks and Foles will be the starter. Ta-da! I called it. Basically, I, I knew Minshew was so limited. I knew they weren't going to keep him. I think it was more hype than it was substance. 
because on film watching Minshew was like watching was just like cringy. But um, I still think I I think Jacksonville is going to be that team that knocks. If Buffalo does start slipping, it's going to be Jacksonville, Oakland, or the, or the wild card teams. But I think for now, I really want to see more of Tennessee. Right? If are they really going to be able to ride Henry and utilize their receivers? And is Tannehill really the answer? Because honestly, this is more of an indictment of Marcus Mariota. Because Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys, Delaney Walker, Derrick Henry, that's not a bad offensive weapon system. That's really good. And the fact is, Tannehill's like, wait, I have real weapons here in Tennessee? I had to throw to Jakeem Grant, who's like five foot five. Like, what the hell is this? So uh, I think that Tannehill who I've never been low on. I always thought Tannehill was a good middle of the road, kind of not, uh, he's not a game manager, but he's not like bad. He's like kind of this weird in between where he can like win games off his athleticism and his arm strength. He's a backup. What? He's a backup. He's a good backup. He's he's that weird step between a backup and a game manager, I guess. He's better than a backup, but he's not quite a game manager. He's like a B-minus quarterback. He's like a Kyle Orton kind of. Uncle Rico, as we used to call him back in college. But uh, I don't know. He, You know, shout out to Tannehill for getting a second shot here. I love this. But, yeah, I'm staying on Titans for now. All right. Well, listen, Mark, buddy, we love to have you come back on. We're, you, you better come on more than just the one-year anniversary. I'm a little hurt it's taking this long to get your ass back on here. So I apologize. I'm a, as we all we know, I'm a busy man. Just keep shooting me the opportunity to try to make it on, and I'll see what I can do. All right, well, folks, get ready next week. My boy Matt Rattlesnake Rose will be stopping by. He might actually get me talking NASCAR for a second because he had me take a NASCAR quiz today. It was it was pretty funny. But um, Mark, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you coming on today. No problem. Appreciate you guys having me. See ya. Love you. See ya. <laughs> All righty. Apparently he doesn't now, love me back. Uh, what? <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say, Kev? Apparently Mark doesn't love me back. Eh. Just like my mom. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> there it is. She's actually a fan of ours on Facebook, which is hilarious. Oh, it's great. <laughs> All right. Kev, you got some weird stuff for us in sports. I do. And this one is not a historical one. Aw. I know. It's a little more topical than that. NL Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonzo. Off the top of your head, do you guys know what his height and weight is? Uh, I'm going to say 6'4", 240. Close. 6'3", 245. You, that's a big boy. According to the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, he is obese. His BMI calculates to 30.6. And a BMI of 30 or greater is considered obese. And you know whose BMI is probably even higher? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. standing at 6'2", 250. Boy, he's thick. He is a thick boy. <laughs> His BMI is going to be, I'm calculating it now, 32.1. Like, here's the thing about that scale, though. That's like- so stupid. Oh, my God, yeah. When I was um, – back when I was in college, I lost a ton of weight my senior year, and I got down around 200 pounds. I was 5'11". It still said I was risk of being obese. And I'm like, 
I almost have a flat stomach. How am I at risk of being obese? Because it doesn't count in muscle. So right now I'm about on a 5'11 and a quarter, 230 pounds. But I also can run a six-minute mile and jump 30 inches trap in the air. But, you know, the, the league says, thinks says I'm obese. I think I'm like a, a 29 or 30 on the scale. But yeah. that's According just, to the BMI chart, if you're 6'1", and I'm using that because that's my dad's height. Stone Cold Steve! We haven't referenced him in a while. It's been a while. You're you have to weigh 189 pounds to be considered a normal weight. If you're 190, you're overweight. My father is about about five five eleven and change. He's about the same height as me, and he's about two twenty five. See, he's wrapped there with Stone Cold Steve. It, it it it's stupid. Yeah, it's so dumb. All right, that was you got, Kev. Yeah. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get some chance. By the way, look out for our Corner Ruth shirt. They will be dropping in a few weeks. My father, actually, uh, marks the carcass. Uh, Kevin and uh, Andrew came up with that nickname because my dad can fall asleep anywhere. Um, he's designing our logo. He's of uh, Clem Design, by the way, of actually a warming graphic design company. So got to give a shout out there. But uh, he's designing our new logo, by the way. It should be done in a couple weeks. But it'll, or a week or two, should go on our new shirt, which will go on, we'll be sending out to our first sponsor, which I will reveal next week when it's all official. But uh, yeah, no, so um, last call right here, kicking that smooth jazz, is, folks, quickly, two or three weeks ago, we thought that, you know, the college football playoff looks pretty set. Kevin actually almost predicted it pretty close. Like, he, he predicted his week, his end of the season one we did our first predictions and everyone's doing these playoff predictions in the NFL and can I say why that drives me fucking nuts as I drop the F-bombs I've I've been trying to be good about that lately is that we don't know what's going to happen at this point last year everyone blew dead my Eagles because they were like four games out Wentz just got hurt against the Cowboys yeah 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 yeah. then Foles racks off like four straight wins and then they get in the playoffs in 9-7, and, and the Vikings blow, like, three games in a row and lose and fall out. And this happens every year to different teams. Philly was just the most recent uh, memory of one. Happened in baseball with um, the Rays and Kevin's Red Sox, basically. The the uh, beer and chicken boys falling off and blowing a 13-game lead. Uh, don't remind me. Oh, that was a rough offseason for you guys. Um, yeah, basically, that's what it comes down to. It, that whole any given Sunday football is football is the craziest game because it can like let's just say Ohio State's taking on whoever they play next week and they're up by like three points at, at like the end of the first quarter it's like ten nothing whoever they're playing I can't I need to look and the opposing team gets kickoff return and then sacks fields for a strip sack and now the game completely flips it's a little rarer in college but upsets happen a lot we always have these lock teams I remember in 06. USC was a lock to win the national title. And then John David Booty, greatest name of a quarterback ever, by the way, lost to UCLA, who basically wasn't even ranked, and Florida snuck in with a national title. So, to me, these rankings, like the rankings are kind of just for show. Um, that was, of course, BCS, so USC still would have made it in. They smacked a daylight out of, uh, out of Illinois that year with Juice Williams and Rashard Mendenhall. But um, also, in the NFL, guys, like, it's 5-4, 5-4 in the NFC East. 
You also have like six teams still available for the a- the AFC wildcard spot. The NFC, I mean, is a little more locked up because wa- uh, Seattle and uh, Minnesota are so good. But honestly, we're not going to really know who's in the playoff picture until about week probably 14. Then we can start doing playoff predictions and stuff. But I think this is the, comes down to the whole tune of any given Sunday. So that's all I got. Um, thank you again for Mark for coming on today for our 69th episode. And thank you, family, friends, random people on Twitter start following us, fans of, the, of Belly of Sports, and to Belly of Sports itself, Mike and Blaine, to my buddy Rattlesnake for getting me started on this show, to Brian Lynch, even though he's no longer with Belly of Sports, for getting me all set up with this, to Kevin for joining me when Mark's schedule went to hell, for Savannah for agreeing to put up me and Kevin's bullshit. You guys all made this happen and made me very happy and honestly kept me out of joining the Marines most likely. But basically this is, you know, giving me hope for like, you know, my career and everything else. And uh, this podcast has grown a lot in a year and I'm really looking forward to year two and uh, seeing, getting us all paid and uh, making this work good and getting our names out there. So I'm Jared. That's Savannah. That's Kevin. And I'll sign off for Mark. But uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.